Hi, I'm Adrienne Smith, and this is the Messy Progress Podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking with the creator of Centerline Counseling in Santa Barbara, California, Jenny Tucker. She's a brand new mama. Actually, she was two days from having her baby in our interview. We share an incredible conversation about how gaining momentum, making our plans known, as well as having a solid cheer squad are easily the three factors to creative success. So Jenny Tucker we have today, and Jenny, thank you so much for saying yes to being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So Jenny's joining us, and she is 39 weeks pregnant tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, so first of all, I just, you know, we've been going back and forth a little bit on coordinating, and um, there's a lot of stuff going on in everyone's world. And then to add in the, the great adventure that you're about to be on with a baby is, um, I just really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk and, and share so that people can be inspired and um, maybe take some leaps into their life that are uncomfortable. And um, yeah, so I want to like talk about, well, first of all, like how I know you is, um, you know, you've, you first came into the studio. Do you have any idea what the guess is of um, coming into taking yoga class? Do you remember when your first class was? Yeah, I moved, I moved here just over three years ago. And it would have been like in the summertime right before, it was right when you were starting maternity leave. Oh, yes. Because you were about to have Reese. It was like June or July, and she was born in August. Um, so, yeah, I moved to Santa Barbara with my husband and um, just Googled, like, hot power yoga, and Poyo came up, and I showed up um, not knowing anybody and was like, hey, can I come teach at your studio? And you guys were like, hey, let's get to know each other first. Like, come see what we're all about. And then um, I did and loved it and, yeah, jumped into teaching because um, – since you were having Reese, it was like there was a, there was a need for help, someone to come help out. So it was really good timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always seems to be like that, like timing is of the essence and, and also not, like there's never a good time, right? Yeah, so, yeah, it just fell into place the way that it did. And, and yeah, yeah, and you, you moved here from, like, how was the journey? What was the journey that brought you and your husband to Santa Barbara? Uh, my husband is a college basketball coach. So... Um, when we were dating, he moved around quite a bit, um, from college to college. And then we moved to Tucson, Arizona together for one of his jobs at university of Arizona. And then from there moved to Flagstaff where he was an assistant at Northern Arizona university for one year. And then, um, a coach that he knew got the head coaching job here at UCSB. And, um, when we kind of heard about that, he was, um, this coach got the job and was looking to hire assistants and mentioned Ben and being interested. They were like, Oh, do you want to come check out Santa Barbara and see if you'd want to join? And we were like, Nope, we don't need to check it out. We'll just sign. We're coming. (laughs) So we were like Santa Barbara. Hell yes. So was it the place or was it the um, opportunity with the coach or like a mix of both of those? Both. Yeah. And it was, we had, we actually got engaged the day before we moved here So he obviously knew it would happen that way. I did not, but it was, yeah, just kind of a really fun looking back three years ago. um, 
a really fun and exciting time moving to a new beautiful place. Um, yeah, Poyo was really the first community that I like stepped into because his job keeps him really busy. So I learned moving town to town that it's really important to like find connection as quickly as I can to kind of, you know, find my people. And through yoga, that's, that's what I've learned is like stop number one is find a yoga community. Yeah. What is it about yoga that causes you to be like, that's where the people are that I want to be a part of my life? So many things. Um, Cause teaching is one thing, you know, like um, committing to, to teach a teaching schedule keeps me, especially when I'm, when we move and he starts work right away, I don't always have a lot to do because I'm usually job searching or figuring it out. Um, so having that accountability to be somewhere every week and um, people that count on me um, is one piece. And then I think taking class with people and seeing them week after week and getting to know, like in the yoga studio and through that routine, I've learned is like, you get to know pieces of people in that way that you wouldn't if you just like met up for coffee when you didn't know someone quite so well right away. It's like kind of awkward chit chat. Um, but when you meet someone or see them at yoga repetitively, you like kind of get to know them quicker in like a, or maybe in a more meaningful way, because when you're in the studio, it's just like a, I don't know, happy, natural place to be. There you are next to each other on your mats. And it's like, yeah, it creates a space to get to know someone that's different than like out in the world. Yeah. And what is it like with one thing that I always get interested with yoga is, you know, having been in this kind of having a studio scene for 12 years or so is people will say, well, I don't get to talk to people at yoga because you're on a yoga mat. And so there's something about the like before and after part that is the opportunity for generating that connection. And you to me are the kind of person that, um, is comfortable with starting conversations. So like you walk into a yoga studio, let's just set the scene. You walk into a yoga studio as a student. Are you like immediately looking around being like, I want to talk to everybody. I want to connect. I want to find my people and not find my people. Like I have a purpose in that way, but like, um, are you the one, maybe the question is, is are you the one that starts the conversation or does the conversation get started from someone else? I feel like more times than not, I'd be the one starting it. Um, I am a very just like smiley person by nature. So I feel like that, I don't know, invites people to, I don't know, it sets the tone of like, hey, I'm here to chat if you want to. But of course, with yoga, some people it's like, that's their mat, that's their space, don't talk to me. And I respect that too. But I'm much more like, hey, we're here together. We're sitting on, you know, our mats barefoot, twiddling our thumbs before class, like, you know, just sending someone a smile or looking their way is more my tendency. And that, um, especially in this community, both Santa Barbara and Poyo specifically, um, I feel like was more the case where people would also be willing to chat or wanting to make a connection versus other studios I've been um, a part of that, you know, have signs on the door that say, please don't talk. So it's like, um, yeah, that's one thing that struck me about Poyo initially was like that that chatter was invited. So I felt very at home because yeah, of that. Yeah, it's like that invitation. Yeah. And so one of the other things that you do besides teach, and we'll get into like your, you know, counseling um, gig as well, but you also perform. Yes. So the fact that you say like, well, I'm a smiley person in just by nature is like, how long ago did you start bringing your guitar to places to start singing? I was so nervous about it for such a long time. Like 
just playing kind of for fun and in high school is when it started. And then a little bit in college, like open mic type things, but I was always so nervous about it. And then it wasn't really until moving to Santa Barbara um, and feeling so at home here that I actually stepped into, um, you know, scheduled performances and saying yes when people would ask me to play, whether that was casually or something, um, you know, at a, at a winery or coffee shop or that was like an actual gig. Um, but yeah, I'd say maybe in this past year, even with, with COVID time schedule, like it's probably more like two years because the last like eight months are a blur, but, um, really the last, let's say year and a half, I feel like I stepped into, um, being comfortable performing and sharing that type of gift. And that's both because I met someone, Paul Wilson, who I play with and sing with, um, we're musical partners and, um, that partnership really I think we helped each other step out of the nervousness and into like sharing our gifts um but really too just kind of something about turning 30 um yeah being in Santa Barbara a few years feeling like I had roots and just kind of yeah everything coming into place whereas we've moved around so much and there's always been so much uncertainty with my job or my husband's job or where we'll be next it's like go 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 felt like in Santa Barbara at least that things have been able to slow down and I've been able to like dig into what gives me life instead of just continuing on to the next thing so quickly um so yeah really the last year and a half for music it's kind of blossomed and brought so much joy to my life yeah and when you so your your um music duet with Paul is called Slippery When Duet yes yeah (laughs) and uh and I remember when you, I don't know if it was one of your first gigs at, in Santa Barbara, but you did a thing at Pure Order. And that was like, I remember being so excited. So like as the, as the bystander of like, ooh, Jenny's doing open mic night. Like the, just like what you were able to create from a community standpoint by you saying yes to doing something that makes you uncomfortable. It's like, I don't know. I, I think I have like this inner desire to like, as a kid, like if I could I think it's even like a question on a password. It's like, what was your childhood like dream profession? I was like, rock star. <laughs> but like, it's like to see you go out on the stage and do that thing that's fun, that's scary, that's uncomfortable and like watch you step into it is always really, um, it's energizing for, for me as the one that gets to be a part of that. Yeah, I remember that night at Pure Order. Yeah, when we did, that was, yeah, just me, open mic. I was so nervous and didn't even know any of you guys from Poyo that well, but you guys were the ones that pushed me to do it. And yeah, it's really just getting the momentum of like stepping into saying yes to that. There's so much resistance leading up to it. Even I remember driving to Pure Order that night being like, I should just cancel. Maybe there's, maybe they need someone else or there's too much pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but really getting momentum. That's what I've learned is saying yes, you know, cause it's like you're resistant to the thing but then you say yes and whether it's someone's counting on you to do it or you hold yourself accountable to do it and then it happens. And then there's something that brings you like for me in music, there's something that brings me back, even though that resistance is still there before every show or every song, even that like nervousness, um, that that feeling that makes you consider holding back. Um, but I've learned that the more that I do it and the more support I have behind me, and sometimes that's accountability, signing up so you can't say no. 
like putting your name on the open mic list. Once they say it, you can't back out. So well, yeah, getting that momentum to continue to say yes. And then after a while, it's just both addicting and natural to continue to say yes and get up there. Yeah. So you said it a couple times, you brought it up when you mentioned that starting to teach yoga part two was like it, it gets me committed. It holds me accountable. It puts you, the moment you put your name on the schedule, you have something that you're, you're telling people I'm showing up for this same thing. It's like, this is permeating everywhere. And even in music, which, you know, it's easy to be like, well, I just, I like doing these things. And yeah, like, let's be honest, like a yoga teacher profession, unless you're doing it where you're teaching 20 classes a week or running a studio or having private sessions, it's not a gig that pays the bills, especially where we live. And so there's like, I want, what I want to know about is like, so it's kind of like a, those are fun things in my like mind. It's like, oh, well, there's, it's safe to go do that. And then it's safe in a way to do the music thing. Scary, uncomfortable, but it's like, I'm not going out and making that my life's profession. But most recently you've stepped into um, having your own company as a counselor. So Centerline Counseling. Mm -hmm. And I remember the class that I was in when you were teaching and you announced it to our yoga class that you were teaching. You're like, I'm going to, we had some conversations about it beforehand. And then you were like, I'm going to teach or I'm going to um, quit my job and I'm going to start this. And I don't know if you were at where you were um, the Olive Grove Charter School at the time, or if you were at another school, I think. Um, but like you, you, you kept the counseling job at the school and you started this still as a, something that you started charging people for. What were the things that were there present for you from a career standpoint, same or different or more than those things that you mentioned? Like there's momentum, there's commitment, there's accountability, but like taking that leap and doing it. Tell me about that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. And I remember that class too, like saying that out loud. And even though, you know, the next day after that class, or maybe not even the next week or month, like, did I, I can't say for sure if I like made any movement towards starting Centerline at that time. Um, but now that I have started it, um, looking back, it's like um, little steps like announcing it in class or telling a friend or as soon as I told my husband about it, like he's, it seems like bugging, you know, bugging in a very good way. <laughs> like, Hey, when are you going to quit your job and do this? Um, Cause I still, so I still, I'm a school counselor, but then I've started centerline counseling on the side where I meet with clients and put on workshops. And it actually was what kind of shoved me from the, okay, I'm just talking about this and maybe mentioning it to more people, asking for accountability from my husband, from my mentors at Poyo. Um, into, okay, I'm actually going to do something and create this was um, when everything shut down for coronavirus, it was like, I was kind of like out of excuses. It was like, now's the time. That was, you know, maybe six or seven months ago now that I started um, doing some online workshops um, because it was what always- what were the excuses that were in the way before? Yeah. The excuses were always, um, you know, I don't have time because of my day job and I need my day job to pay my rent, which- you know, I have my husband here encouraging me to, you know, we'll make it work type of conversation. So that's not even an excuse. <laughs> but then, um, you know, time during the day, well, I work all day. And then what am I supposed to do work during my off hours? It's like, 
well, yeah, you are like, you know, if you're putting your energy on what you want to have happen, like it's not, no one's going to do it for you. It's, you know, what I've learned. It's like every day that goes by when I, you know, open my computer and think about what I want my day's work to be. It's like, if I'm not taking steps towards creating what I want, which is this like business that I'm running instead of someone else running my work schedule. Um, it's like every day, the days continue to go by, whether you take the steps forward or not. So looking back to that class, that was like a, over a year and a half ago now. And it's like, I can't beat myself up about taking more time than I, than I wish I had, <laughs> but it's like a good reminder of like, Hey, remember when you had this idea? Um, even when we moved to Santa Barbara, I was like, maybe instead of working at a school, I'll just start my own thing. That was three years ago. Now it's like, I've learned so clearly that like the time is going to pass either way. So like, you're either going to like sit around and wait or just take the first step and do it. Um, and that and, first step for you was announcing it. Yeah. Yeah. I was announcing it probably on Instagram being like, Hey, I've created this thing. Here's where you find information about it. I'd love your support and feedback. Um, and then I kind of quickly learned that because of the situation with everything socially and no one, you know, being able to leave home at the time, it was like, okay, there's a need for connection. And my passion for this business is mental health. So I'll, how can I combine those two things, which we did um, a series of uh, journaling and meditation workshops, both provided like mental health access for people, um, as well as access to connection with each other. Um, and then, yeah, from there started doing um, individual client sessions, which I'm still doing now. And then of course I'm about to have a baby in like two days. So <laughs> things will be on hold, but, um, yeah, I just, the momentum part, it's like the state of the world forced me to pick that momentum back up after talking about this for so long. And, um, like I said, I, I try not to look back and think, Oh man, I should have just done this earlier because I'm a firm believer in like things happen how they're supposed to happen and kind of, um, I don't know, following like it's a combination of like holding yourself accountable, but then also like letting things unfold as they will, you know, as life does. Yeah. There's a book. Um, I don't know if you've read the book. It's Elizabeth Gilbert. It's called big magic. Have you read that one? I suggest it for, to anyone listening is, and it talks something about this, like the moment you put it out there into the world, whatever it is, an idea, a book, a business, um, it like actually starts to take form and, and it could be in, in, in one of the things in her book she talks about is how she had an idea for a book and then she sat on it, didn't do it. And then someone else she met later had picked up basically the same idea and wrote the book that she had the idea for. But like, she realized at that point, like that actually that book wasn't for me, but like the fact that it even started to get legs, like it kind of gets, I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm picturing as I'm moving my hands, like it's in, have you seen frozen too? Also <laughs> just wait, you're having a child. You'll watch all these movies, yeah. but there's like, a like all the, there's a wind, there's a wind that's blowing and there's leaves that's blowing and it's like the spirit. And it's like, it's carrying it. And it wants to, like, I really feel like you mentioned it with the music. It's like, it lights me up. It also makes me feel really nervous. And, but it's like, there's a spirit that's moving in us. And that's saying like, no, go do it. Go do that thing. And if you don't do it, like maybe not now, like at some point, if that spirit's still there and it's still alive and well, it'll come back 
and you will have the motion to do it. Or someone else might pick it up and then do it for the audience that they serve. And I don't know, I just like, I think about that when, you know, you, you speak of these things of like the momentum, like the, like the air that's gets pushed behind you when you have momentum and it's, um, was it ever with, you know, with, um, with the music part of things that you mentioned having Paul as your teammate, but it like, did it become easier when you had a teammate with the momentum of getting gigs than if you were to be, have done it on your own? Yeah, definitely that accountability piece changed because it wasn't just me seeking things out. It was like, okay, if we're doing this together, we both have to be on board, both like with the thing and like for each other, because that means practicing together. That means that, you know, you're collaborating with someone and like putting efforts together to produce this thing rather than just like winging it on your own. Like it's easier to let yourself off the hook than like for both of us, you know, for me to cancel practice on him or something is it's way easier for me to cancel practice on me. So that accountability mm. piece for sure is like a theme in, in, in everything. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you've mentioned a couple of things like announcing it, whether it's writing it down, speaking it publicly, telling your husband, telling someone, and then you posted something you said, and you asked people for feedback. So you're like, tell me what you think. And then all of a sudden people were interested and everything that's happening. And you knew you're like, I, I want to help and serve in mental health and people are interested. And, you know, there's for, for those that are listening, it's, there's not like some magic thing that happens too. And I, I've experienced this in business where I'll, I have an idea for something and no one else I'm like, what is that? Do you guys want to do this? And then like crickets. <laughs> Have you had any of that happen where you've put something out there, had an idea yet, and it just was like, mah, mah, mah. yeah, um, I think I sent out a like survey after some of the workshops that I put on to try to get feedback for like what the next thing will be, hoping that the, like the, these participants, these people would like give me the answer and it like it ended up the results of the survey, like it didn't lay out for me clearly what was next. And it was like, Oh, I thought that like they would just tell me what they want and then I'd create the next thing. So it was like a good lesson in like, I don't know. It's not always so cookie cutter. And like, um, what, when I first held, when I held the first workshop, it was, I thought maybe like three or four people would come, like my friends who like I told about it. And then 19 people showed up like on this Zoom call. I didn't even know how to run like a Zoom call that big. And it was like, yeah, just eye-opening that, um, that you kind of can't predict. Like you just throw an idea out there and like get the momentum behind it if you can. And as if like you believe in the purpose of it, you're not just doing it to do it. It's like, laying out for yourself okay why am I doing this what do I want from it what do I want it to give people access to like there's power behind that versus um I don't know just throwing something out there that like sounds fun to you or like you said that you throw out an idea and then like there's crickets it's like um it takes like time and effort to put to get that momentum going and to like keep the passion behind what you're doing um I'm just thinking about workshops specifically like um, after I take like a break from maternity leave and create the next one, it's like, um, yeah, just, it's like an ebb and flow of getting that momentum going and figuring out where to put it. 
but it's, I guess the, what I'm mainly getting at is that it's like not always predictable. It's like, oh, this thing worked this one time, let's have it work again. And then it doesn't look the same. And then how do I pivot and how do I react to that? And yeah, it's like, it's quite the adventure. <laughs> yeah. And it's like not having the expectation around it either where, yeah, I mean, I've, we've done so many things at the studio where an example that comes to mind is we did this mala bead workshop one time and it was, it sold out and it, you know, the price was right. It was super cheap and da 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 da. I don't know. Like we had 40 people or something or 30 people. It was crazy. And then we're like, let's do it again. So we bought all the mala kits and then put it out there. We raised the price slightly. And then we had like two people sign up and I was like, did we just, was it a one and done sort of thing? Did we not, you know, there's a lot of factors. Like, do we market it? Do we price it too much? Did we like do it too close together? And you know, what I, what I hear you say is like, yeah, like sometimes you just got to do it. And there's also the like, maybe the first time around for us, there was more excitement from us around the thing instead of waiting for it to be something that everyone was asking for. And what I hear you saying with the workshop that you did that first time, it was, I just wanted to do it. And I thought that three people would show and then 19 people did. Like, tell me about that moment when there's all these people on, you said, I didn't even really know how to use Zoom that well. Is <laughs> like, what you know, there's like kind of this, this idea of, um, that comes up in my mind of like imposter syndrome, like, oh my God, who am I to have all these people? But like, what was it for you? What was it like for you when, did you know that many people were going to come? No, it was like, uh, it was such a fun surprise. And then it was, yeah, like nerve wracking to think, okay, now I have to deliver because these people are expecting something. Um, and then of course you like, I noticed myself and my husband points it out lovingly that I like will um, kind of discredit myself like, oh, well, I'm not, I can't charge these people for it because X, Y, and Z, or I, um, you know, they only came because X, Y, and Z. It's like, it's like, I find myself creating a weird like safety net in case the next time not as many people show up or like um, almost like setting myself up in case it fails instead of just continuing to believe in the idea and then just figuring it out if say it doesn't work you know as well like the mala like for your example mm -hmm. it's like you just you do something and it works and you try it again and if it doesn't then you pivot but I found myself in this kind of like safety net area where it's kind of and I, and I still feel myself there now when I think about creating new opportunities through um, this platform I've created with Centerline and like, you know, do I charge? Do I not charge? Or um, is this worth it or not worth it? And it's like I, all that chatter, you can go back and forth so much. And then just like I said, you know, three years ago when I moved here, I wanted to start something. And there you are again, putting yourself back at the beginning, like, like discrediting yourself instead of just taking the next step forward. Um, so I don't know if I answered your question. No, but. yeah, you did. It's like, yeah. um, it's also what I hear is there's like three years of you counseling others also, like how much ever time you were, uh, you know, working as a counselor for the school or not, but it's like, there's still this like desire in your heart and like a looking and paying attention for like the mental health that's needed and like you different from another person that doesn't have that on their radar. And so it's um, like those three years are not lost, like in terms of experience and knowledge and probably the things that you've paid attention to and Googled and read or watched and, and different from the other person that 
is, you know, like paying attention to the stock market. Like they're getting better in the stock market and, and yet like that's like, I guess what I'm saying is like that wisdom and knowledge and experience that you get from those three years, maybe not even working with clients, working with clients is like worth then charging someone next for. Cause that person, someone said this to me once that if you have, I think it's like 10% more knowledge in any area, then you're considered an expert. And I was like, Whoa, you know, and I think about that, like, how many hours total in your, so you, you have your master's, correct? Mm-hmm. So like how many hours of school? So many, two and a half years of grad school. And yeah, countless, countless jobs as working in the mental health field, you know, as we move town to town. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that you, maybe you and I had this conversation. So, cause it sounds, it's like coming back to me that um, like you're saying with those three years of that's not time lost. Like um, I've worked at with the boys and girls club and different schools in the area and done private stuff. And like, just even hearing you reference that makes me be like, yeah, like, yeah, I have worked hard, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. which is so kind of when you're on your own and not maybe prodded to look at it that way. It's so easy to, to just fall back on discrediting. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Why would they listen to me? Or I don't have enough experience. Why would they pay me? And it's like, but what I noticed like with that back with that workshop, when 19 people showed up, it's like people want to get behind something. And they, when like you believe in what you're doing, they jump on and want to believe in it too. Um, Yeah. And it sounds like going back to even just what you shared at the beginning of again, accountability or telling someone like, I want to do this. And then you actually start to see how many people are around there supporting you. Because there are dark moments, let's be totally honest of it's, yeah, the times where no one shows up and then we can go down our rabbit hole of like, yeah, I didn't do enough. I'm not good enough. All the unworthiness stuff. I'm not smart enough. I didn't go to enough school. I need to take another, like number one thing I hear and see is like, oh, I need to take another training. And it's like, no, you might actually just need to have another cheerleader in your corner. Way cheaper, way better. And someone that's going to like keep cheering you on. Like you said, Ben was like that for you when you were making all the reasons and excuses. <laughs> no, I can't do this job. So who else yeah. do you have like anyone else like that you, um, I don't know, like now stepping into like mom life, mm-hmm. you know, over the last year, um, when did you guys started the mom group on with, with Centerline? Um, yeah, right around, right around the same time of when, um, when things shut down in March, because, um, yeah, I had a, myself and then, um, Chantal Hover, who also is a teacher through the studio, um, well found out we were pregnant around the same time. And then, you know, the whole town shut down and it was like, well, now what I'm pregnant and I have no idea what's coming and how do I connect with people on this? And um, yeah, it was her idea to start a group. And then I said, well, I'm starting this thing. Let's do it through Centerline. And then that has been so successful. We've met every single week since probably early April or end of March on Sundays with, you know, anywhere from four to 15 pregnant and now new moms. Um, And yeah, it was that like that connection that has kept people coming. I know that that keeps me attending every Sunday with, um, yeah, with all the new moms and pregnant women in that group. Um, yeah, and it's like 
we, I don't know, it's in this time of like, oh, there's no connection happening. And there's actually like, well, either it's not happening or you can make it happen. Yeah. And it might not be happening the way that we're used to it happening. And there is someone out there, if you look to create support, like what's needed for driving your dreams forward, driving a new project forward, driving your pregnancy forward, your motherhood forward. And um, yeah, what's been the biggest, like you see as like thing that you've learned as a soon to be mom from serving and being with other moms that are about to have babies or have had babies? Like what's something you learned from your pregnancy, I guess? Oh my gosh. Probably that I have always been in awe of like all the parents that I know. And I've been, you know, looking at my own parents or my friend's parents, like when, when you're the kid and it's like, now I'm the kid becoming the parent. (laughs) It's like one thing that has stood out the most is that like, you think that everyone knows what they're doing and that they're experts and really nobody knows anything. <laughs> like everyone's just turning to each other to be like, let's get through this together. What do you think? Or we're Googling something at three in the morning, whether it's, you know, about your kid or your pregnancy, or like I've texted friends who are new moms countless times asking questions that I assumed that they would be like, Oh, here's a straight answer for you. And they're like, you know what? I don't really know, but here's what I did and it worked. So that's all I have for you. <laughs> it's like just learning. And I talked to my own dad about this too. Like he was like, parenting is all about like putting, you know, using your gut to make the best decision possible. But like most of the time you really don't know. And like, that's okay. And so that's been the biggest eye-opening thing for me is that whether it's other pregnant moms who I always looked at pregnant women and were like, oh my God, they've done all the research. They know all these things. I can't get pregnant yet. I shouldn't do that yet because I haven't done those things. And then it's like, no, all you need to do to get pregnant is to be pregnant. (laughs) And then you're just as qualified to be pregnant as those other people are. Same thing with a parent, being a parent. It's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'm not that yet. I'm a few days away, but, um, yeah, just coming to the realization and grasping that like, it's okay to not know like what the hell we're doing. Like Ben and I are just, you know, figuring it out every single day and leaning on the people that we have and those support groups that we have. And that's one thing I love about what we've created with Centerline is like, it's opportunity to make that more accessible, that support and that like, removing the stigma behind saying, I don't know the answer to this and I need support from these people and whatever community is, you know, parents, pregnant, um, just met, met, like other mental health needs. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a metaphor for everything is like, even if it's starting a business or teaching yoga, like before you do it, you think that everybody else has it totally figured out and that you're not worthy to step up and do what they're doing. But really, they're just figuring it out just like you are. Like, Yeah, I love that. It's like this be, be with those people. So like you mentioned at the beginning, like I know that I like the, the vibe of yoga. So whenever I go to a new city, I go to yoga studios and I start to find the people that I want to jive with. And then I'm now pregnant. So then I'm going to be around pregnant moms. And then soon you're going to be a mom and then you're going to be around other moms. It's like be in those groups. And then be in the, in the like game of figuring it out. So it's like, even with business, um, did you have anyone when you were deciding on like creating Centerline that you leaned on at all for 
Like how do I do the marketing thing or the website or yes. the tech stuff? So much. Yeah. Katie Shara, um, through who I met through Polio. Um, yeah, is, um, that's her, her realm is marketing and digital marketing and graphic design. And she helped me with everything. Cause I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, and yeah, it's just like leaning on people and like accepting that, yes, I want to do this thing. That doesn't mean I need to know how to do all parts of it perfectly. I just need like to keep that momentum behind me, have cheerleaders in my corner. And then like the stuff that when I take a step forward and I don't know how to take the next step because I need help or expertise that I don't have, then I source it out. And like, there's not shame in that. Like I am a mental health advocate. That doesn't mean I need to be also a like graphic design guru. Like that's part of probably making a successful business, but that doesn't mean that I can't move forward if I can't ex like, be the expert in that thing. Um, or even like with music, it's like, I used to be so nervous to get in front of people or get up on the microphone or play anything because it was like, well, everybody else here is so much better than me. But then the more that I do it, the more that I realize like most musicians are very similar level to me, which is very basic, but like, uh, and even there, it's like, I'm discounting myself again to, to like with that safety net being like, Oh no, I'm not that good. Like, I just do it for fun. Like I hear myself saying those things, even with centerline, like, Oh, I'm, I'm still working a full-time job. It's just my side thing. Oh like, dude. I remember when I first moved to Santa Barbara. Oh, I just want to share this is I, um, so when I first moved here, I had a studio in Illinois and there was, um, I was like, Oh, well I'll just, I'll just run the studio from afar, which worked. And then I was like, I'll run, start running teacher trainings. And so I did teacher trainings and any person that I talked to in Santa Barbara, I would, they would be like, what do you do for, you know, what, what's your job? I was like, Oh, I'm a yoga teacher. But I also own a studio back in here and I do this. And I remember I got to a point where I realized I kept having to justify like my existence in the city because like, yeah, if it's 9am on a Tuesday, who am I to be the one that's hanging out with Starbucks? You know, like it would be like, I remember being like, how are all these people existing here in this expensive city, but they don't seem to have jobs. And I was like, oh, because I almost felt this like sense of like, oh, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this thing. And I have to justify my being a counselor, being a yoga teacher, being an athlete, being a musician to everybody else. And really it's just like, no, just be that, be that person, be around those people. And um, I admire that you like seeing all those parts of yourself in every um, call it like role that you play. Your son is going to be really lucky to have you as a mama. Thank you. Yeah. I really, the last year and a half to two years or since moving to Santa Barbara, it's like, I don't know, like I said, it's something about turning 30 or just meeting the people that I have here being in what feels like the right place at the right time. It's like, I don't know, just finally dropping so many limiting beliefs about like what I can or can't do with my life. Um, like even writing that down or saying out loud, this is what I want to create, or this is what I want to have happen. Like you say it or write it. And then the next steps follow and you have those cheerleaders in your corner. And then like, I would have never imagined my life as it is now, like compared to the day that Ben and I moved here and we're like, well, let's check this place out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See what Santa Barbara is all about. And now it's like, you know, beautiful stuff happens when you drop, drop those like habits that discredit yourself. 
Like yeah. when you drop that, that negative self-talk, which I make an effort to do every day still. Um, or like, every and I love I that. Like you said, the word that you said repeatedly was momentum. It's like, yeah. Keeping in the momentum of being around the people that you want to be around that are helping serve the things that you want to be serving and the higher calls that you want to be carrying forward. And when you notice that you're not in there, and even it's like you said, like sometimes the limiting beliefs keep creeping in and then it's like, well, wait, no, get back into the momentum, get back into the stream of momentum so that you can keep producing the things that you want to produce. And yeah, like everybody falters and fumbles and you have days where you're like, I just want to binge on Netflix all day. (laughs) And like you get those and it's like, get back on the momentum train. And, you know, I hear you saying with the, whether it's yoga or your community support with your, um, your mom group and like good friends, husband, like, I think what we talked about in that mom discussion about like, no, be around the people that like really light you up, especially in the times when you're feeling depleted and not taking care of yourself, not, you know, all the ways that we might not take care of ourselves. And then it's like, no, keep being around the good people too to keep that momentum flowing. Absolutely. So I want to finish. I want to wrap up with a couple questions. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned some advice that your dad gave you. So how this is going to go, it's going to be like a rapid fire. Whatever comes to mind first, I want you to just, yeah, you don't have to like explain too much, but just like rapid fire. Okay. Okay. You mentioned the dad advice. I want to know because you're becoming a mother, best advice that you've gotten from your mom that you can remember. Oh, best advice I've gotten from my mom. Um, (laughs) The first thing that I think of is that she taught me when I went off to college to never be holding an alcoholic drink in a picture, always put it in a cup or hide it behind someone's back. (laughs) Good advice, mom. Especially with so many pictures being taken now too. Exactly. Um, Morning routine. What's your morning routine like? Uh, I wake up and I have this beautiful silver tea kettle that I love that I got off our wedding registry and I heat water and drink hot water and lemon first thing and like try to sit and just I usually just snuggle the dog first thing and drink the hot water um and then do all the you know shower uh brush my teeth get on with the day but I make hot water and lemon and snuggle my dog Ernie awesome current hero do you have a current hero um probably my husband just getting me through these last few weeks of pregnancy, really stepping up. And I know I'm about to have a C-section, so major surgery, I'll need major hero status from him. And I just know that um, I'm really like at peace going into surgery next week because I know that he'll be there as my hero. Um, Let's say you have 30 minutes free. What do you do with it? Like all of a sudden your day opens up, you just like we're busy and then, oh my God, I got 30 minutes. Mm. Probably go to the beach either with my dog or my yoga mat and just like hang out, not even like squeeze in a yoga workout or like um, anything specific, but just like go to the beach with whatever, whatever's in my car, whether that's my dog or my running shoes or something. Okay. Um, Biggest thing that you've learned about yourself being pregnant? Being pregnant. I've learned... I've learned that I'm like a little more of a worrier than I thought I was. I was like, oh, I'm a, like, I'm really laid back. I'm a cool girl. And then now that I've been pregnant, I've been worried about everything. Um, but I'm learning that that's okay. Like, <laughs> I'm okay with that because I have someone else to worry about. Like, 
um, yeah, not just me. So yeah, being okay with being a little more high strung than I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're caring for another thing, not yourself yeah. anymore. It's a game changer. One thing that you would tell the younger version of yourself. Oh my gosh. Just stop worrying so much about <laughs> what other people think. Stop worrying so much one, but about what other people think, like even walking into a room, like I just, whether it was in high school or college or even after it was like, I always, I was always so like concerned with, is someone looking at me funny? Did I say the right thing? Am I in the right place? Is this the right class? Like just like, uh, predicting the worst, like, oh, if something happened, like, uh, it's probably me that's not supposed to be here. I'm probably in the wrong, like just always like, again, discrediting myself instead of just like being me and being okay with it. Awesome. Jenny, thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome and I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. Next time we talk, I'll, I'll be, we'll have a plus one. I'll be a mom. I'm so grateful for you all for listening and for joining in on this conversation and telling your friends about the show. Our goal is to inspire you and everyone into action. Please take a moment to rate the show and share your comments. It helps us get in front of more eyeballs on the podcast channels and ultimately inspire more people to live a life of passion and purpose while allowing for things to be messy. See you next week.